Welcome, welcome to Playing in the Intersections. My name is Hana, and in this, our first episode of this podcast, I'm going to read an excerpt of a transcript provided by L&L Research at llresearch.org. L&L Research was founded by Don Elkin and Carla Ruckert between 1968 and 1972. However, their work together on this project, this project that Don describes as an experiment designed to communicate with an extraterrestrial being, their work began in 1962. And I'd really like to read Carla's words. Um, I think she she just explains it so beautifully. She takes you back to the moment and what this was really all about. So um, this is from um, lawofone.info, and I'll have all of the links and information and social media for Ellendale Research um, so that you can, there's so much information and material and if this, this is a deep dive, you know, I started listening to this just months ago, and I'm just constantly consuming information and material. There's so much information, and it's such a joy. Um, so Carla says, I first met Don Elkin in 1962. To me, he was a fascinating character an unusual combination of a college professor and physics research or psychic researcher. He was a physicist, but he was um, a college professor and a psychic researcher. Carla says he had done well over 200 hypnotic age regressions, probing past the birth experience and investigating the possibility that reincarnation might not just be possible, but the way things really are. In 1962, I joined an experiment that Don had created in order to start a test, to start to test a hypothesis which he had developed with the help of Harold Price, an engineer for Ford Motor Company. Price had acquired, had acquainted Don with some information, which Don found quite interesting. Its source was allegedly extraterrestrial. Its content was largely metaphysical and seemed to be in line with all that Don had learned up to that point. Within this material, instructions were given for creating the means whereby to generate further material from this same source without the necessity of actual physical contact with extraterrestrials. So in other words, um, this person, Harold Price, who we later find out is from a whole group of people who are already channeling extraterrestrials in Detroit, Michigan, um, this Harold Price Uh, gives Don information that allegedly comes from an extraterrestrial being telling him, informing him how they, he can contact 
extraterrestrial beings and channel them. Um, so let's see here. Don's hypothesis was that this phenomenon might be reproducible. So he invited a dozen of his engineering students to join in an experiment with the objective of achieving some sort of telepathic contact with a source similar to that of the Detroit groups. I was the 13th member, having become interested in the project through a friend of mine. In those early days of contact attempts with Don attempting strenuously to keep the situation controlled, months went by with what seemed to be remarkable but puzzling results. We sat meditating according to the instructions. Everyone in the group except me began to make strange noises with their mouths. For my part, my main difficulty during those first six months was keeping a straight face and not laughing as the sessions gradually became a ruckus symphony of guttural clicks, slurps, and tongue flops. The nature of the experiment changed drastically when the group was visited by a contactee from Detroit. The contactee sat down with the group and almost immediately was contacted, apparently, by telepathic impression, saying, quote, Why don't you speak the thoughts that are on your minds? We are attempting to use you as instruments of communication, but you are blocked through fear that you will not be speaking the proper words. Through this instrument, this contactee, by the name of Walter Rogers of Detroit, Michigan, the group was instructed to refrain from analysis, to speak the thoughts, and to analyze the communication only after it had been completed. After that night, a month had not gone by before half the group had begun to produce information. By the time a year had passed, all in the group except me were able to receive transmissions. The speech was slow and difficult at first because each individual wanted a precise impression of each and every word and in many cases wanted to be completely controlled for fear of making an error in transmission. Nevertheless, this was an exciting time for the original group of students who began this strange experiment. So then Carla goes on to say that in 1970, she left her position as a librarian. She was a grade school librarian to work with Don Elkin full time. And she and Don worked very closely. Um, so as, as you just heard there were several people who were able to channel. She wasn't channeling at that time, but she was traveling with Don and, and, and doing different interviews and writing, you know, taking notes and also writing um, 
I don't know if she was writing books, but, you know, they were working together. Um, so she says that it was about, was it 1974 that Don tells her that it's time for her to become a serious student of the of the art of channeling he she says he argued that 12 years of sitting and listening to inspirational messages were enough and that it was time for me to take some responsibility for those cosmic sermonettes as brad steiger had called them (laughs) so They began a daily series of meetings designed to work intensely on her mental tuning. And many of the people who were already coming to these Sunday meditations and probably already channeling also came to those um, daily meditations. And um, that's when they also started to record their sessions. I think that they might have recorded them in the past because I think she says that it was a habit to record the sessions, but maybe now they start to um, save them. And um, so it's it's really a beautiful story. Um, and I'll skip ahead. It is uh, 1980, I believe, when um, a member of of their group, their research group, their Uh, you know, volunteers who are participating in the meditations and channeling. Um, A member of the group, um, she passes away um, suddenly, and her husband, who was also a member of the group, was was very, you know, um, it's interesting because as I read it, it almost sounds like, um, I don't know why he asked Carla to channel, um, his wife who had crossed over, but he did. And as you can imagine, this person was close to Carla and it was, um, it was an intense, probably emotional, experience, you know, as a reader myself, um, I'm very sensitive about the work that I do, the, the, you know, so I can only imagine how she felt and, um, but she agreed because they were friends, they were close friends. And, um, when she channeled this, this, um, woman who had crossed over for the first time, Carla lost consciousness, and this is a turning point here. Um, Carla lost consciousness, and she did channel um, her friend and her friend's wife. And um, he asked her to channel again, and she did. Uh, after that, she she told him that you know she didn't want to do it anymore, and he understood. He said something like he got, he received what his wife had promised him. His wife had promised him, I think, some sort of reassurance. So I think this is beautiful because this turning point, even though it's upsetting for Carla, I can sense 
the effect of love and how so often love plays a role in our transformations. So at this time they are also they've also met Jim McCarty and um he joins their group and I'm I'm skimming over quite a lot but he he joins them and he he joins Carla and Don working very closely with Carla and Don and um during one of their channeling sessions where Don is asking the questions and and kind of the the questions come from the group but Don has a lot to do with the questions you know it's his knowledge and his experience these questions are are very um, carefully thought out they're beautiful questions I mean the channeling is beautiful but the questions it's like without those questions <laughs> you know we couldn't really get this incredible information from these extraterrestrial entities so um Jim is working as the scribe and Carla is the the channel. Oh, and I skipped because I'm I'm skipping a spot, but so Carla is you know, the first time she loses consciousness and she um she is when she's channeling for her friend who has ca- crossed over and then unexpectedly Sometime later, during their meditations, I think, she loses consciousness again. This is only the second time in her life that she loses consciousness. And she begins to channel the entity known as Ra. And the story of Ra, who Ra is, is incredible. And um, you can check out, you know, who Ra is, and maybe I will cover it over some time. Um, but sorry for that. <laughs> um, she she starts to channel Ra, and the Law of One, the 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 book, the Law of One, which is basically an exact transcript of I think twenty six sessions where Carla is channeling Ra. The Law of One is is a book that she and and Jim and Don um, put together and um, and published, and there is a a website, lawofone.info. So much information. If you uh, look for the introduction, you'll you'll see the whole story, and it's very cool because. It's in Don's voice. It's in Carla's voice. What I read to you um, was part of that introduction. Um, I'm not sure if Jim is speaking, but he's part of the story. There are photos of of those sessions, and those sessions take place between 1981 and 1984. And then after those sessions, the channeling continues, and this group, LL Research, is channeling multiple entities. There's um, 
now they're all escaping me all of these names very unique different names but um um there's one that i latui i think yada um haton h-a-t-o-n-n um so there's several and then quo and i i looked through the um the transcripts which are available on um ll research like all everything is available you can read every single word that i read or speak about you can go there and read it for yourself also ll research has a youtube channel so you can see jim mccarty um don and carla have crossed over but jim mccarty is there and then gary bean and i think it's bean gary let me just say (laughs) and austin and I think Gary's wife, maybe, and I, I didn't quite catch her name, but they have a YouTube channel, so definitely go to their YouTube channel and subscribe, and they explain what they're doing. It's beautiful energy, so much better. Um, but as I was saying, um, it's not until I, I looked through the, uh, the transcripts, and I don't see raw, I'm sorry, quo i don't see quo until 1986 and um quo is the entity that i am reading in this series um this series is a meditation that takes place uh this series covers a meditation that takes place december 31st 1989 um, I chose <laughs> this year because um, this is the year that transiting Pluto conjuncts my natal Uranus in Scorpio, and it actually is the year that um, we move to the Sufis, and my connection to this material the law of one and the transcripts from ll research i hear rumi speaking these words of quo and of um this confederation of entities and i heard these ideas growing up among the sufis and with my spiritual father so I decided to, I just chose, you know, the year that I came um, home, and it was 89. It was maybe 88, but 89, something like that. Um, and in this, in this meditation, we are covering the magical personality. And the magical personality is the... Um, what we more commonly call the higher self. And um, it's interesting because my, I've, I've uh, lived several lives and, and this, this particular life or cycle began with love and relationships. At about in my 30s, during my Saturn return, I started exploring love and relationships and myself through tarot and astrology. And um, this uh, 10, 11 year exploration has 
brought my focus um, kind of away from the horizontal twin flame to the vertical twin flame, which is our relationship with our higher self. It is the love between ourselves and our higher selves, which I feel brings light to our path. So I'm very excited and grateful to LL Research um, for giving me the opportunity to share this with you. There are lots of other people sharing this material. Actually, Brian Scott, and he, that's his YouTube channel, Brian Scott. Um, I was introduced to this material um, by Brian Scott, actually, <laughs> an Aquarius on my channel, bless you, my sister. She sent me an email and she told me that she thought I was a sixth density wanderer. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> so I looked it up and I found Brian Scott. And this idea of sixth density wanderer comes from um, these transcripts and channelings. Now, whether I am or not, it's it's. It's like what is an identity doesn't really matter. It's the message and the direction that she pointed me in that is so truly beautiful, and I'm very grateful. So I think that that covers everything. I am so grateful to you. Also, I apologize for a little bit of the distortion in the audio. I'm dragging something across the mic. I apologize. That's like a big no-no. I hope you enjoy this reading peace and blessings i love you sunday meditation december 31st 1989 group question the question this evening has to do with the development of the magical personality how do we go about developing the magical personality and what actually is it that we develop when we develop the magical personality? And of what value is it to us to do so? Carla Channeling We come to you in gratitude and greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. I am Quo. It is a tantalizing prospect to us, a marvelous avenue of service that you offer us and we offer to you our humble thanks and our abiding love, that you who struggle in the darkness still see and have faith in the light within. The question offered this evening has to do with the magical personality. But before we speak upon that subject, we must speak upon a subject that is fundamental to understanding the magical personality. That understanding is the simultaneity of all time, all space, and all action. This present moment is eternal. The past, the future, the feeling of being in the river of time are part of an illusion which gives you who seek an enormously powerful opportunity consciously to accelerate the rate of your spiritual growth.
It happens to be the last day of an old year and an old decade among your peoples who count by your calendar. Tomorrow it will be next year. Shall it feel like a different time? Shall it seem transformed? For the most part, no, because you are the same. You have always been, you are, and you will always be. The choices that you make in this density are predisposed by the biases and polarities that you have picked up in lifetimes long ago and more recent. When biases of love and peace and gentleness and humbleness of heart become your rest and your confidence, then perhaps you may release time and space, allowing it to be a useful and extremely potent offerer of catalyst to those who wish to learn lessons of love. You see, you are at the beginning of self-consciousness. You have almost finished this year in the school of eternity, this illusory time. However, the choices that you make are made in time-space and speak not to the outer world and its mundane concerns, but to the heart and the vital feelings of each. In this way, we may say to you more simply that the magical personality is an artifact of the one who has been able to focus the heart and the mind upon the infinite one. It is in a way possible to think of the higher self as being separate from you. But just as you were yesterday and will be tomorrow in a new year and a new decade, so the I am that is the core of you learns of love of wisdom, and of loving, wise compassion. When these lessons have been learned to the extent that they are without significant distortion, you turn and reaching through time, you offer yourself a gift. You offer the biases and decisions and choices that have been made not up to this point alone in your illusion of time, but all of the choices that allowed each of you to graduate into fourth density. Perfect the lessons of love and learn the lessons of light to fifth density. When you manifest light and learn the true meaning of wisdom. In sixth density, there is eventually in mid density, a point in which there is no longer any polarity. For if all is one polarity, there is no polarity. It is when the spirit has reached this point full of unity, wisdom, and compassion that the sixth density self places within the third density self in the deep mind the biases which are to come, the density which has been fulfilled, the beauty, the exactitude of service to others. Therefore, the magical personality, or the higher self, is the last vestige of the self which contains polarity. And when you deal in a world, illusion grounded in polarity, this gift can be extremely helpful. 
Many, many times one is faced with dilemmas and enigmas that cannot be rationally discerned. There is no logical answer. There is only the wisdom of the heart and the compassion of the mind. For this is what the sixth density of unity provides. The realization that compassion is not only of the heart, but of the mind. That wisdom is not only of the mind, but of the heart. How many times do your people turn from their heart, refusing to ask, refusing to open the door to that helper or comforter which waits patiently to be asked to aid in decision-making of various kinds? Our message is simple. We ask each to love the Creator with adoration and worship as one would normally feel for one's father. For you are truly sons and daughters of the Infinite One, and within yourselves infinite in your own being. <laughs>